tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. From the That bass came in a lot, lo- a lot louder than I normally remember it. Okay, welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. Uh, joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, uh, XG in the place to be, Xavier what's, Guerrero. So we rocking? We rocking. We rocking. You That's forgot all, that. Damn. I forgot that. You know I'm, I'm here. I'm here to rock. Guys, special episode for you. We brought in the heartthrobs and conspiracies for this one. Real quick. Uh, we got uh, we got the big show. It's this Friday night live at the Gramercy in New York City. It is the Tim Fall Hat Comedy Night. Uh, Eddie Bravo, Lauren Petrie. I was trying to get this guy out due to uh, the monopoly. Flights are super expensive. I will make it up to you because we will be back for sure. I owe him. You owe him. We'll all take care of him. And then we have uh, next weekend, next Tuesday, is Comedy Chaos. Brought to you by our good friends at Absolute Extract. Go to abx.org. Use a promo code CHAOS and get 20% off all your flour, your vapes, your uh, anal bleaching. Uh, we're, I'm working on getting boner pills with CBD, dude. We're creating it great. Whatever you want to get high, it is there. They are the Nike of weed. Go to abx.org. Use a promo code chaos okay and then we have salt lake city we're mm-hmm. at west jordan at wise guys entertaining you jack mormons because october the 19th gonna, october what i say you didn't say date well i did say it now october <laughs> 19th we're live eddie bravo xg is going to go meet mormons he's never oh. done that before he's only met like california white people and a couple new york city white people but he's out there he's learning that white people are people too i believe mexicans <laughs> are ai but that's a whole different show okay uh so that's west jordan go to wiseguides.com grab those tickets now and then october 22nd live in the main room it's once upon a main room at the comedy store it is a uh, super show in the main room myself eddie bravo xg tim Dillon will be joining us i might throw jimmy door on that i'm waiting to see we're gonna figure that out man we can make it happen. I'd love to have them on the show and have a good time. So if the first one sells quick, I'm going to add a second show. And then we'll have two of those, and we'll see who we can add to the shows. Uh, the T-shirts are rocking. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com, and everything's up there. A skull unicorn, steal your tinfoil hat, Texas Chainsaw Ma- a te- Texas Comedy Massacre. Uh, they are all up there, and it's a great way to support the show. If you really love the show, check out the Patreon. Go to patreon.com, Tim Foil Hat. And uh, I'm putting up two to three hours of content on there. I talk to myself all day, so I said, listen, I can either be a crazy person or I can film myself and give it out as content. So uh, it's called turning a negative into a positive. I'm making cash off my mental illness, okay? So go to patreon.com backslash 
tinfoil hat. You got any shows coming up? Any Spanish shows? Anything mm, at all? Nope, not yet, but you did forget uh, November 15th. Las Vegas. Oh, shit. Vegas. got to push that. Yes, Vegas. We're going to be. I just got the ticket link. Some of you guys are trying to grab tickets. I'm going to be sending the link to the website. Or you can go to samtripoli.com, and they will be up there. And we're at the Bar and Grill on Fremont Street, and it's going to rock. I'm super excited to be back in Vegas. We're doing it right. So that's it. That's the business today. As you know, today is the second anniversary of the one of the biggest massacres ever to happen in the United States. Uh, the show's been going for a little while. One of our guests, I actually talked to after it, and we were kind of talking about what was going on. So I decided to bring in the heavy hitters. Uh, I call them the heartthrobs of, co- of conspiracy because they're incredibly good looking and great researchers. Uh, here's the crazy thing. Everybody this week has been on three times. These next two guys have been on three times as well. He is the OG of this game. He has uh, been doing it longer than anybody I know. And uh, he's one of the nicest guys. I've been friends with him long before I started doing comedy. I mean, uh, this, this podcast, we knew him back in the day. How do we know that? Because we're like 10-year Facebook friends. Please welcome from the Higher Side Chats, Greg Carwood. How are you, Greg? Boom. What's happening, man? I love it. Trying to live the hippie dream and a sea of nightmares. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) And you do. You live it, dude. You live in San Diego. You got a podcast and you're just you got a beautiful wife. You're living and word on the street is, are you taking (laughs) jujitsu? Well, I signed up for jujitsu and I took it a couple of times and uh, I've dropped off the map, but I'm going to get back into it. You know how these things are. It's a process. I'm telling you, if you can't do jujitsu, Try Krav Maga. It's like, it's intense, but it's not like, I'm not limber enough to do jujitsu. I got to do Krav Maga. And dude, I I love dirty Jew fighting. Okay. I'll do it all the time. Just fucking hard strikes, pokes the eyes, pull your dick, run for my life. Uh, That might be a move. Yeah. Cause I I like that 10th planet has all those classes, but with jujitsu, I mean, it's quite intimate. You know, I'm on this dude, I'm sweating, I'm sweating on a man's teeth. And he's like, oh, you got to center over me. I'm like, I can't center over you. I'm sweating on your teeth. I don't feel comfortable with this. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe kickboxing There's a little or something bit a little of, more hands off. Uh, homoerotica you got to get through with that jiu-jitsu, <laughs> dog. You know? Uh, Julia, I was an only child, not used to wrestling around like that. You never did that. You were never uh, <laughs> a wrestler as a kid. Uh, also joining us, this is his third time on the show, uh, a couple of our friends took us up. He did the first show, Crush. Then he did part of the uh, Epstein show with Tim Dillon. And he's now joining us again. He is the Info Warrior, Jason Burmese. How are you, Jason? Very good, sir. How are you? Well, I can't think of uh, a better guy to have on. Both you guys are two of my favorite people in the, in the conspiracy world. You are very level-headed. And uh, I have fun conversations with you both. So I thought... You know, there's certain shows I I always like doing every year. I'm always going to do a 9-11 until somebody gets arrested for something. Uh, I'm always going to do an Armenian genocide because I think it's important people learn about. And I think people need to keep this story in their minds because a giant travesty has happened and nobody's been arrested. We've had more people arrested for Russian collusion than we've had for one of the greatest mass killings in this country's history. I think the only guy who's ever been arrested was the guy who uh, sold the bullets, I think. He was the guy in Arizona, but we'll get into that later. Real quick, I want to ask you both, where were you when you found out, Jason, where were you when you found out that uh, Vegas was going down? 
Yeah, I was in my house, honestly. Mm -hmm. And um, I I remember the first hour or so that it was getting heavily reported. I I didn't give it much thought, only that, you know, that I was at We Are Change at the time and that I was probably going to have to do a video on this and get all the facts together. And then I started getting texts um, from a former MMA and uh, Muay Thai fighter I know, Kit Cope. And he started telling me right out of the gates that he was getting uh, phone calls and texts from friends that were talking about instances of multiple shooters at different locations. So not just uh, the Mandalay Bay and obviously the large crowd. And right then, uh, my interest was kind of peaked. I think I put out my first video on the 4th talking about that, not revealing it was Cope. But later on, we got police scanner audio. And for sure, those those reports were 100% real. Yeah, it is crazy. I, I'm part of a face group that basically follows the police scanners in Las Vegas. That's a Facebook group. And they were just going nuts on all the stuff was going down. Carl, Greg, where did you where did you where were you when you heard about it? I was home as well, actually preparing for a show with Chris Knowles, the synchromystic, who really is great at decoding symbolism. So it was hitting you right in the face from the first minute you heard about it. Steven Paddock is shooting a group of people corralled into a basic paddock at the Harvest Festival. It's just like, wow, this is clearly some kind of manipulated event. It's just too on the nose with all the symbolism, and it's layered quite deep with that event. Uh, you had called me that day because, believe it or not, like after every national tra- tragedy, I have to do stand-up. It is like this weird <laughs> thing that i am always like after pearl harbor i had to do stand up no but after 9-11 <laughs> i had to do stand up and after this i was actually booked in las vegas to do the mm. gig and money was very tight back then granted it's two years ago but it was way tighter and uh i couldn't turn down the gig and i was and i basically begged them not to, to let me do the first night right after the shooting it was like who wants to do stand up now i will tell you after a major tragedy, people want to laugh. They want to laugh. They need to laugh. And there's some of the best crowds you'll ever get in front of them. I'm not saying that I enjoy that I have to do it, but it is the one thing that kind of lets you know, okay, you're doing a service to these people. They're kind of shook. They need a little laughter. And, you know, you can't mention guns. That was the big thing. Like, don't mention guns. Of course, I mentioned guns because <laughs> you give me a rule. I'm gonna, you give me a line, I'm going to snort that line, okay? <laughs> but, Greg, you had called me. And you go, okay, your boots on the ground. Do you do, do you think people had died? And not that you were saying it was a hoax. I, I want that to be sure, but you were really asking, like, because that's something that people would say right out the gate. Hey, nobody really died in this. Well, you know, Trez Mella of the Think Stopper podcast, who's a good friend, been on this show. I've been on his show. Uh he I was with him. When he got a call from a friend of his who was a security guard and had gotten just uh had just got got hit on stage. And they just got the call that he had died. And I believe you were about to do a uh, an episode with Oli Demigard, who I just kind of started to learn through through uh Ryan Davis was talking to me about how much Oli Demigard and how he's really into these false flags and uh because I remember listening to your show. So what was that like at that moment, Greg, when you had to have a, I mean, you pretty much had the guy that you want to talk to after an event like that. 
Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, these events are happening so often that if you're booking five shows a month and even just 10% of the guests have knowledge about false flags attacks, they're going to line up because there's just too many of these things. And Ole Demingard, he breaks events down quite well. He's been doing it for a long time. I've had him on for most of the major ones, and it was like, man, you're coming on way too often. we got to bundle these up in like groups of three or four because I can't have my show just be the false flag crisis actor caravan show and that's his premise is that these are simulated events and i push back on that premise a little bit first there's probably not one answer for all the events sandy hook i mean when you talk to wolfgang halbig who wrote the book on school safety he's like no one died here and that's messed up i mean he obviously got sued alex jones got sued so i mean maybe i'll stop uh going deep into the you're red expressing here expressing their the views not, you know they're expressing you're expressing their views of course but, right right so this is i mean so you i don't think the same a template the same template applies to all these events but um that was obviously the first question is is this a real thing it's unfortunate we have to ask that anymore but i'm pretty convinced that this was a, a real event but again i mean i wasn't there all i've learned about it is through screens and i don't necessarily trust the screens all that much I trust you. You say you know some, you know you have some insight, of course. So well, I mean, I mean, being there, I talk. Here's the thing: I will tell you, everybody knows a guy that knows somebody. You know, true. Th- I'm true. not saying I, 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 I may, and I don't recall who said they lost somebody. And I'm not saying it, I haven't met anybody. I'm saying recollect my recollection right now. Somebody knows somebody who lost somebody. I didn't ask you where, where were you when you found out about it? Just at home. At home. It was like it was Sunday at 10 o'clock. Instagram. I was scrolling. You were and scrolling then for scroll, booty. Yep, just scrolling. And then I was like, what the fuck? Another one of these. And then I knew I was like, I wasn't on Tim. I was like, this is gonna come up soon. And then mm-hmm. fucking came up. So and you the, guys talked about it. I always do this. Whenever a national tragedy happens, I want to see how Instagram models are taking it. And <laughs> they couldn't give a fuck. They, I mean, dude, straight up on the day of the shooting, there is still ass up, face down videos. <laughs> ass clapping. You know, I'm sure twerking in politics will have something about that. Jason, was there a moment that you realized that maybe something was up? I, I mean, just the initial response, right? Um, first of all, the idea, um, getting that information that there could have been multiple shooters, right? So when you find that audio and then you find video of uh, SWAT teams going through the Tropicana, you have uh, the woman who claims and she shows inside the hotel as it's happening that she was sitting down with a friend. Somebody came up and sprayed the entire front there. People went down and then they put that hotel on lockdown. Then you have the audio recordings of the possibility at the New York, New York, and the Excalibur. That's to start. And then, you know, when we're talking about Paddock himself and, you know, the initial reports were that he came in on the 28th and was scouting things out. Then we found out, well, there's a receipt from the 25th and he's with somebody. Uh, a lot of people have said, well, maybe that's his taste for prostitutes. Very po- possible. But why did they get that wrong initially? Then you look at the uh, Jesus Campos story. This is the security officer that supposedly engaged Paddock prior to him firing on the people. Number one, 
we don't really know how we got that window out. No security alarms go off. Those aren't windows you can just take out in the first place. And if you listen to the audio recordings of the initial volleys, there's that moment where it sounds like it's coming outward, and then you hear in the distance. Now, the debunkers will say that was Paddock turning the gun on Campos and others. However, he supposedly um, shot at Campos six minutes before he shot at the audience. Then you go through the body camera footage as it came out, and the majority of that footage is out there. They said 200 bullets went through that door. 200 bullets did not go through that door if you look at those videos. He had surveillance equipment all the way around uh, that room and a secondary room that was there that was obviously some kind of cameras. The hard drive was missing from the computer in the room. I'm not sure if you can even believe that a lot of bullets were fired there. Although you had rounds on the floor, you would think with that amount of ammo being fired in a small enclosed area, you would have had remnants of smoke. You may have even had cartridges burned into the rug, and none of that was there. And if Paddock was so worried about being caught in any manner, and to me, again, this looks like an arms deal gone wrong uh, with maybe some you know, side black ops, he, he's found shot in the head there, right? But the hard drive from the laptop in the computer is gone. Like, what? Who thinks? Who thinks before they're going to do this? They're going to destroy the laptop. But then, when they raid his home, they find child pornography on his laptop. Yeah. And his brother is actually arrested in another child pornography sting. Meanwhile, he's married to a woman who's in the Philippines at the time, and one of the hookers who he was a frequenter with claimed that he was into rape fantasies. And he was a conspiracy theorist that thought the government uh, was following him, basically. Oh, and wasn't mm. he like an mm. uh, anti-Trump person? Uh, and you guys, if you guys want to jump in on anything the other guy says, feel free to jump in. We don't have to go I was going to say, let me jump in here just because you hit on so many points that I've been thinking about lately. And in the wake of Jeffrey Epstein, Stephen Paddock and Jeffrey Epstein do not seem very different. You just mentioned missing hard drive. His brother was arrested for child porn. I don't know if he was arrested or charged. Um, he's married to a woman from the Philippines. I mean, these are boxes you can check with these kinds of people. And there's a lot to indicate he was an asset from, a, from or very early on. His father was a criminal, but yet he was allowed to go out and do other things, which to me speaks to an informant. I mean, it seems like, just like with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, it's a father-daughter multi-generational operation. I think Paddock might be involved in something similar. We just didn't hear about him previously, as we did Epstein. He might not be taking the Lolita Express out with the Clintons and stuff like that. But he checks a lot of those boxes to me. He, he worked for defense contractors. They say before he was shooting at the Harvest Festival, he was shooting at the... Um, the, the, the airline is a Janet Air, the airline that takes people to Area 51. He was trying to shoot those fuel tankers. Yeah. Now, these are all just stories. Who knows exactly what's going on? But these are a lot of things that sound like Epstein to me, sound like a similar guy running similar dirty ops. We can get into uh, there is an actual connection with Epstein in this story that I want to get into a little Ooh. bit later because we actually start talking. We'll actually start talking about who was there in Vegas at that time and is this a real story and the connection to Epstein. I want to start off by uh, talking about this anonymous. I know we're not necessarily Q. I think 
there's sometimes stuff to cue that is either spoiler alerts or you could call them super general, but they do come up later on going, wow, that was said. We're not going to argue whether Q's real because that's another show. I think there's always something going on there. You know, that's just my opinion. But before the whole Q phenomenon, there was an anonymous post that was put on, I believe, 4chan. And um, it's and this is what it wrote. I look, I look, I feel bad for some of you this on this website. So I'll let you in on a little secret. If you're in Las Vegas or Henderson, stay inside tomorrow. Now this is September 10th. Okay, stay in tomorrow. Don't go anywhere where there are large groups of people. Also, if you see three three black vans parked next to each other, immediately leave. You are welcome. It's called the High Impact Project. They want to make American public think that these places are extremely high security, aren't safe. They want to make sure that people think that these places that with extremely high security aren't safe. They are trying to create more regulations. You will see laws proposed within the next few years to put up more metal detectors and more security devices. Me and politicians will say these places with a lot of police need even more police. I can't guarantee anything will happen tomorrow, but Las Vegas, it's on their minds. Uh, and it, I'll get into the rest of it later. But basically this comes out 9-10, okay? The next day would be 9-11, okay? And then you kind of go back to 9-11, Zero one, and you're like, did he think it was going to be on nine eleven zero one? Because he saw that, and then when you really take a look at it, where did this happen? Route ninety one on October first, which right. is nine one one zero one. Yes, yes, man. You, this is like the stuff that I think is most compelling. I mean, you mentioned Ole Demingard, and I like to interview experts who are more about the practical side of things. And then I had mentioned Chris Knowles, who also was right around that time, and he's more the symbolic side of things. And there is just some really weird stuff. Obviously, Harvest Festival, the winged sun disc. There's always some Egyptian symbolism. That is part of the Harvest Festival logo. Paddock was on the 32nd floor. Uh, the weirdest one to me is Jason Aldean's tattoos. The guy performing at the time has not only the Black Sun tattoo, which is all mixed up in the occult, yes. but he has the Ace Jack of Spades, which is the exact layout as it is on that weird Illuminati card game that seems to hit so many points. On the Las Vegas card is Jason Aldean's tattoo. I don't know what all this means, but I know it means it was pre-planned and orchestrated almost like theater, but I do think people die because I don't think they give a fuck. And I think for the occult rituals to work, blood must be shed. I mean, I, I don't think they simulate it. And again, I can't make sense of everything, but 10-1 is also NASA's founding. And 10-1-1958, which is 59 years before the shootings, how many people died? 58 plus one, the oh shooter himself. So 59 years before the shooting on the founding of NASA's birthday with a guy who was an ex-contractor for NASA. Do you think- I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Jason, do you, do you, do you believe in co- uh, coincidences? Is there any thoughts on this? You don't have to necessarily co-sign on it. I'm all into the occult. <laughs> I mean, another thing that you I'd heard from you, Greg, was that 
Uh, before that, there is a picture at another shooting where a girl has pants on and it says Vegas. And that was something Oli Demigar had brought up. Yeah, yeah, that was one of his things. He takes all these shootings and he really looks at what the people are wearing and saying. And he finds allusions to the next one. And I can't remember which mass shooting was right before Vegas, but you're exactly right. He pointed out that they had that on there. And so he looks for these things. Whenever I would interview him, he would say, oh, on this, you know, they have those uh, light up signs on the side of the road that they flash. You know, hackers get in there and say zombies are coming. Those those signs that are for uh, road hazards. Well, some events, they'll have those up. And if they have a date or a location that isn't that place, Ole always points that out. And he's like, be careful in this location. And from what I remember, he's had a hit or two, but I'm sure this is always a moving target. And there's things that are red herrings and also some things that just emerge that aren't actually part of something to decode. You can drive yourself crazy in that Jim Carrey number 23 way with decoding stuff. But that doesn't mean there's nothing to it. I I agree with that, dude. And, you know, it's the saying is you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back at you. Uh, Jason, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, like, I don't maybe I'm wrong, but I don't sense you're the occult guy. I love the I I love learning about (laughs) the occult. You know, I've definitely looked into those aspects and there's certainly similarities. And to dismiss the occult altogether (laughs) is just not to face reality. That's why I'm Invisible Empire at a section on Skull and Bones, Bohemian Grove. Uh, You could look at all these different celebrities and politicians being uh, acolytes of people like Marina Abramovich. Um, So, no, I I definitely think there's something there. I don't necessarily know uh, if it goes with this Las Vegas shooting, but those at the top often uh, are into occultic practices. And, you know, a lot of people will talk about for 9-11, for instance, the building of the towers in Masonic lore only to tear them down. So it's something actually I have studied quite a bit of, but... Uh, you know, I keep my my investigative research uh, just that way and kind of the anomalies surrounding the event itself and the uh, person of blame, if you will. Uh, I, I I completely understand. I do believe mm-hmm. the occult. You know, after I watched that episode you did with Oli Demogard, I started watching this some more. And he's just completely like, – he said something uh, I, I, that really got to me, which was how these people, they believe that – if they give you enough clues, you should be able to stop them. And if you don't, it's on you. It's not on them. And that there's, yeah. some, you know, revelation some method. It, right, right. Well, there's, yeah, there's, there's uh, that component to it. But I guess Ole's point is they have some weird belief system. Whether that's the true reality or not is yet to be determined. But they have a weird belief system that they are karmically cleared from the damage they cause if they give people forewarning. I don't know. Like, that's another one of those things I push back on because who's to say, who's the guy sitting there that can check off were the people told or not? Because a woman had Vegas on her pants in one interview on one network, we were told. And yeah. so, well, I mean, I, you know, the- this, and, and I'm not trying to play into the, the occultic gangle or anything like that. There is a video uh, where you can see a woman who was down there where another woman basically got an altercation with one of the concert goers and then started pointing at everybody and saying, you're all going to die tonight. 
And they yeah, took her yeah. away and arrested her. And that's a very real video. And I'm not saying that that is revelation of the method. I'm not even saying that woman was involved. But uh, not knowing the specifics of that incident, whether or not this person may have had some inside knowledge that something was about to go down, I have no idea. But that that's definitely out there. Well, I heard right. that story about her. And everybody dismisses crazy because they said that he was alone. And then over time, as and by the way, just to let you know, everybody, I I went to college in Vegas. I have a lot of friends in Vegas, and my friends on the ground will tell you that most of Vegas, including law enforcement, think the official story is just bullshit. And they believe that there was what we're probably going to talk about here today. So, you know, you know, we got this whole thing coming out like, you know, I have a lot of people within the conspiracy community telling me that uh, signs look like something's going to happen, you know, at the end of October with arrests or something like that. And I, I get really weird when you start to put out timelines. But, you know, as time goes on. Uh, people try to push stuff to the light, from the dark to the light, and there's people equally pushing the back into the dark. They don't want this information out. But as over time, more and more information come out about this, and in particular, the story about him being alone in that apartment or that hotel room isn't real, and that they've yeah. actually released pictures and receipts. There were three women in that hotel room with him. So the notion that a woman was walking around and going, y'all going to die, that, to me, I mean, that's just another right. piece that kind of clicks together. So you're saying that was one of the girls that was in there? I can't say. No, how, but I, it I, was, you're saying it's a possibility. It's, it, it make, it, it, let me just say. Because there was three girls in there. It makes more say. sense than when we first got told some crazy chicks going, y'all going to die today. You know, like well, snake again, eyes in the, uh, bring the pain or something like that. Three chicks, three chicks. I mean, who else is surrounded by chicks? Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, just to go back to that idea that this guy is a lifetime asset. It's strange. I've never traveled to Vegas with three chicks. You know, you might be lucky to get another couple. You know, usually they come in pairs, yeah. you know, males and females. <laughs> yeah. So this alone is strange. And add up all those other things. His brother got wrapped up in the child porn thing. It just screams to me asset. And the the idea that a guy named Paddock, well, you know, who knows what his real name is, I guess. But a guy named Paddock shot people in an enclosure at a harvest festival. I know this was pre-planned to some degree. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was uh, how to what depth it was a ritual, if people really died or not, I guess. But the idea that the official story is true, that is so far gone for me. I mean, we're way past that possibility. And I I definitely think this is a a heavily planned event. It's just and that's why someone would know that. That's why someone on 4chan could come out and say, hey, something's going to happen in Vegas. That is why that woman could go screaming through the crowd, because even if only a couple dozen people knew People get wind of things. I just think this was so planned, and that part of it, that aspect of it, is just quite obvious to me. It's just I don't know why or who exactly is involved. You never do. Jason. Let's talk about Paddock's you know, actions right around these times. It doesn't seem like a guy that's worried about getting caught. No. So we have the videos of him actually getting help of having these suitcases full of weapons taken up with uh, members of the hotel that worked there through the service elevator. New York Times published those uh, and whatnot. The night before, 
He calls security not once, but twice, less than 24 hours before he himself is supposedly planning out taking all these people out. He calls security on somebody who's playing loud music below him. (laughs) And then the day of the attack, I think he's playing slots for like eight hours. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, when we talk about those boxes that get checked, here's, you know, um, this is my quote unquote conspiracy theory. This is where I'm going to speculate a little bit. Now, Paddock apparently lost a ton of money, which is a case, uh, you know, a lot of these guys who have shady money that are supposedly professional gamblers. Remember, they tried to play him off as a professional video poker player. Let me tell you who's a, a professional video plo- poker player. Absolutely nobody. Yeah. All right. Because the people, the people that are successful at poker play other people. Yeah. Or in Dana White's case, they have high numbers and know how to play 21 so they can bet high amounts at one time, take it and get banned from casinos. Right. They're not random people playing an algorithmic poker game. My now, girlfriend has tried to be a professional video poker player and my credit cards have taken a beating. That's the only one losing in that whole thing. So <laughs> trust me, I agree with you. It's 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 impossible to be a professional poker player. Those those computers have a rhythm that you can't win all the time. It just But it's, it's a good way to launder money if you get all your checks from the black budget. Yeah. Right. I am so glad you said that money laundry because that's what I think was going on with Paddock in particular. Now, for for those that don't know, there's this kind of semi-famous case where these two gentlemen found a specific uh, game and it was in different uh, uh, various casinos and hotels in Vegas. And essentially, in this game, there was a bug on some of the software that after the game had already been played, you could rebet if a certain hand came up. So they would basically play it until this ca- this bug came up. Then they would be able to multiply how much they bet to an infinite amount. And by doing that, oh, these man. guys were fleecing casinos for five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a hit. They later got caught and ended up having to do prison time. Why do I bring that up? Well, again, Paddock's playing these games for eight or nine hours. What if he's coming into an arms deal and this is the payment? For instance, remember, he didn't just have guns in his room. In his truck, he had, I believe, uh, 40 pounds worth of explosives. Uh, It was somewhere around that number. So when they went to his car, there were explosives in there as well. To me, uh, it looks like a setup on Paddock. 100 percent this looks like he was coming in to make some money he was probably a dirty guy involved in again you found what hundreds of child porn images on his computer at home his brother gets picked up in that and if you look at epstein like this uh gentleman has said what is epstein surrounding himself with people like prince uh, andrew who are the uk arms dealer people like adnan khashoggi in the 80s who are an arms dealer it just seems Like the sexual trafficking trade, the drug trade, and the arms dealing trade are heavily intertwined. So you have all of this plausible deniability by organized crime, um, assets, perhaps like Paddock, that maybe go rogue and just have their connections. Um, For instance, you know, there's there's a movie out there. It's called War Dogs, right? Now, when Jonah Hill and the other main character are introduced to Bradley Cooper, where are they introduced? They're introduced in Vegas. And uh, basically, they're making that deal there because uh, the Bradley Cooper character is on a terrorist watch list. 
So that does that means, you know, Cooper might not his character may not be part of an intelligence organization, but he sure has worked with those organizations and other assets. And my guess is that Paddock was one of these guys. And that goes back somewhat to what you were talking about, Greg, about Epstein. What do we know about Epstein? Epstein and Zorro Ranch won multiple lottery winnings. One in New Mexico, and I think one in Colorado or Oklahoma was the other one, where they won multi-million dollar lottery winnings in which the state did not announce the winner. It was a mysterious yeah. winner. Later we come back, Zorro Ranch. Who owns Zorro Ranch? Jeffrey Epstein in New Mexico. What happened in New Mexico? Shooting. A giant... A giant oh, the cult thing. No, the uh, compound, the Islamic compound, where the kids were learning to do school shootings. Okay, and the local uh, police were trying to bust it, and the FBI kept stopping them. The judge let them go, and later on, the FBI grabbed them again. And I don't know what's happened to that case, but once again, we see a similar thing with. Epstein. What do we know about Paddock that, like, his story, like, didn't he move like a thousand times? Uh, didn't have a lot of jobs. Had ca- They found cash. It was like, it's really interesting. He owned a plane that was later on owned by the FBI, right? Like, this plane had kind of been passed down from from uh, person to person, a private plane that he had ran. Yeah. See, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? That, again, is like uh, like Jason was saying, the drug trade, the child trafficking, and the gun running. I mean, if you have the networks to exchange illegal goods, why would you stop at guns? There's plenty of money to be made. You know, as dark as that is, you've already got the network established. That's the hard part. And with Jeffrey Epstein, he was buddies with that Leslie Wexner guy, the guy who owns like every store in the mall. And then we had Kate Spade suicide, and there was all the suggestion that. Maybe she knew something about transportation because these are people who work in the textile industry. They're having clothes made in the third world and they're shipping them here. Well, you compromise a couple of those people and you say, hey, in this shipment, we want to send 100 pounds of coke. You know, Uh, in this shipment, we want a bunch of guns. You know, you're going to throw some of those kids that are making your clothes, put them on board, too. We'll take care of it when you get over here. You know, that's what that speaks of to me, because they were trying to get that Jeffrey Epstein and Leslie Wexner got that CIA airline that was uh, in the movie with Tom Cruise. That would... Transport after it was Air America. Yeah, exactly. So to the, the idea that Paddock would possess a plane handed down from an intelligence agency, it's because he's doing jobs for them. Yeah, they don't give away planes. They employ people to do illegal shit with their planes that they know will be safe. And then eventually they they put a bullet in them and take their hard drive. And they say all that blackmail stuff you've accumulated since you're dealing in all the shit that people can't know about. You know, we're going to take that and then we're going to off you because maybe he got mouthy. Maybe he said, I know so much shit. You can't fuck with me. And they're like, all right, dude, well, we're going to set you up and kill you. He was suing casinos. He He was suing casinos. And like. You don't do that when yeah. you have that. Your job is the ghost to ghost, man. Get in, make the deal, get out. I mean, just after this happened, a gentleman 
uh, in Southern Cal. I think it was in Los Angeles. Got in a car crash and died. And when they went to his house, he had nothing but guns everywhere. And that story disappeared real quick. But it was obvious he was an arms dealer. His place was full of it. Nobody knew anything about him. Nobody. Your job, once you start barking... Okay, they don't like when the dogs bark. You gotta be no. quiet, man. And they were—he was a liability. In this way, you could get rid of all this stuff. Now, we also have him uh, going to Arizona, flying Arizona, and then driving back in a car. Should we, you know? Uh, and I forget what they were saying there. I think that had something to do with the days that he was there, too. They said he was flying all over the place, and then we actually have some act where he got the guns was in Las, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, I believe, or somewhere within Arizona, and he drove them back to Las Vegas. And then we see that he uses the employee elevator. Well, wait up. He was supposed to do Life is Beautiful. It's another music festival. That was like, it's like two weeks before that one. Well, see, but dude, they said the that they changed that, it to a uh, country festival so that it would hit the Republicans more. Well, I'm not saying that that part isn't true, but what, I, what I've learned about 9-11 and my honest belief is that, you know, the whole thing about Saudis and the funding, I, I think that, I mean, I'm just going to be, this is my opinion, I think those planes were drones that hit the building. And uh, I think the moving of the terrorists are just all part of laying down layers and layers of deception. So it's so hard to um, unbox. That's Sam Tripoli's opinion. Mm. Not that our guests, they can comment if they want to. But that whole thing like, oh, he's, he was looking to take out all these other festivals. We don't know that. We only know what they're saying. Jason, do you have any thoughts well, let, on that? Let me jump in on that because that, that's, a, that's a really great point. We don't know that because when you look at, number one, we do have these, the video of him bringing all these guns in and getting the help doing it. But there's two final reports. A lot of people don't uh, realize that. So we have this one right here, which isn't by anybody but a panel of experts. And they tried to say that, well, you know, he wanted to live in infamy and he was influenced by abuse by his dad. But if you look at even the FBI report, they couldn't give a motive. They couldn't find a way to kind of spin this into a narrative that would have helped the establishment. That alone should raise alarm bells. And to me, Sam, it, it makes me think that this was kind of an on-the-fly operation. In other words, maybe this is something that went sour. These people came in and they were going to make the deal, but maybe, like you said, Paddock had threatened them, said they had he had certain information, maybe showed them something on that hard drive they didn't like. And then all of a sudden... You know, they pull this black operation. And to me, with the multiple shooters, that's the most important part of this. You know, we should be able to get the video footage inside the lobby of the Bellagio, all the security cam footage inside the New York, New York, inside uh, the Tropicana. Let's dispel these these rumors. If they're not true, if they were false reports over the um over the uh, police radio, and by the way, shortly after that, regulations as such made it so they were on a separate channel. They said that that was in the work for, works for a couple years, but shortly after the Vegas incident, they stopped putting those things out. You couldn't listen to the police radio any longer. And that was actually addressed um, by the lead officer in the case. Um, it, when you look at how that was um, displayed to the public, right, in the very beginning, 
you had that FBI handler right behind him. And then the, the next press conference, yeah. he was so ominous that he actually wasn't there. And it was at Sheriff Lombardo's request because he knew the optics were that bad. Oh, he also and, got caught uh, saying, uh, hey, uh, don't go there. You remember that line where he's like, don't go there. And they're like, yeah, yeah. what about Chase, this car? Let me ask don't you a question, there. man. Um, so I went to a bachelor party not long ago in Vegas. And one of the guys, you know, you find out what I do. And then he's like, I got a theory for you. Because we're talking about the Vegas shooting. We're on the strip. And he brings up this idea that's apparently going around that the actual fire was coming from helicopters. Helicopters. Yes. 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 Yep. There's videos of that. I hate to do this because it's a natural conversation. I want to get into real quick before we get into that, Greg, because that is something I want to bring up. I just want to do the official timeline real quick, and yeah. then we could get into what, since then, we can unpackage the information that we have been told. So, uh, it starts right now, September 25th, 2017, Stephen Paddock checks into the Mandolin Bay and Casino on the south end of the Las Vegas Strip, okay? Paddock transports huge quantities of weapons and ammunition into his room, okay? October 1st, 9.40 p.m., Nine, Route 91 Festival begins its closing act, okay? At 10.05 p.m., Paddock starts shooting out a window. Now, this is very interesting. We're going to get into this because it fits into what you're talking about, Greg. Okay? Paddock shoots a security guard at 10.06. Paddock shoots a security guard inside the Mandolin Bay. At 10.12, police inside the hotel start to close in, which we later found out is not true. Okay? Police, okay, 10.13. Police outside realize where the shots are coming from. Okay, t- 10, and if you guys have anything to comment, stop, or we'll just get through and then we'll... We'll, uh. well I'll just say this. When they, when they say found out where the shots were coming from, the police that went into Mandalay Bay initially thought it was floor 29 and not 32. That's where the information, and they all th- also thought that's, that that's where the firefight was going on with the security officers. Well, and also we now have police footage saying they just sat back for a while. Oh, t- talking about that, someone actually did get fired. A cop got fired for he froze, and you can watch him in the. He froze. You won't go up to the building, so they fired him. That's the only person that got fired out of the whole. Situation. One guy got arrested. One guy. One, one guy, guy got, got arrested. arrested. It was the guy who sold, sold the, the the bullets to Paddock. He's the only one who's gone yeah. down for anything. Well, no. Well, the cop got fired. It just happened like. Yeah, but that's not yeah, for that's, going no. in. But I'm talking yeah. about anybody at security at there. No. Let me just finish this. At 10:15, Paddock stopped shooting out the window at. Uh, at 10.16, news hits social media. At 10.17, first, first police arrive at Paddock's floor. At 10.24, police gather near Paddock's room. See, this whole timeline is just BS because they basically have video of them just waiting around, almost being told to hold off. At 10.25 p.m., the police issue an active shooter alert locally. They thought there could be as many as three gunmen, which is very important. At approximately 10.30 p.m., officers on scene order passerbys to take cover. So, dude, there's shooting happening. Um, shooting happened at 10.13. No, it's even before that. 10.06. 10.06. And they don't tell people to hide until uh, 10.30. That's 20 minutes later. All right? And then hmm. 10.38, the police publicly confirm an active shooter. One active shooter. Uh, 10.40, police... Wait for backup. That makes no sense. Are they waiting for backup or are yeah. they in there? Yeah. 
That's totally at 1120. SWAT team breaks into Pack's room and finds him dead. Now, this is very important that that SWAT thing, and we'll get into that. At 1120, officers break down second door, declare scene safe. Uh, 1158, police confirm the gunman is down, and the rest is. Uh, and at, at October 2nd at 1231 a.m., the incident is declared over. So mm. there's a lot to unpack here, man. There's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> well, like you said, I think this official narrative is just bullshit. And there's so many different aspects of it that don't add up. I agree with Jason. When you hear those reports that the the shooting was coming from a few floors down, I think that makes more sense. And I think they would say it's the 32nd floor for ritual symbolic reasons. And it was probably below that where they were actually being shot from. And I think Paddock was just dead in the room. That's what I've heard from a lot of people. It seems like he was kind of placed there as the patsy. And you mentioned the cops not coming in right away. What did Cheney say on 9-11? Stand down. You know, I'm not surprised that at a higher level, some kind of puppet master can just put the people in place where they need to be in place. And there's probably multiple ops going on. Paddock, we already think, was dirty. So he's doing his own little dirty operation, thinks it's just a normal Tuesday doing the old 9-to-5 dealing shit for the FBI or the CIA. And then he ends up dead because at a higher level, there's just a, a people who are more in the know who are basically co-opting his typical black operation and carrying out something much darker and for a much deeper purpose, in my opinion. Jason, your thoughts on all that, on, on what I just read? Yeah, again, when you look at how it took an hour, and I've watched a lot of that body cam footage, um, when, when you get into kind of the red tape, you know, I remember watching one of the officers calling his son and, you know, letting him know basically he was going to be gone to get off the strip, to go home, blah, 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 blah. There's some pretty intense stuff going on. I, I think I even saw the one officer he's talking about that got let go because he refused to go up there. Uh, again, my problem are the discrepancies from the get-go. You know he was there on the 25th. They originally told us the 28th. The timeline ends on uh, Jesus DeCampos, and DeCampos doesn't do any interviews except for one with Ellen DeGeneres where there's not one relevant question asked, and then he takes a vacation on an island somewhere. I'm sure the Mandalay Bay took very good care If of he's Mr. even still Campos. alive. I mean, like, dude, talk about loose threads, loose ends. I mean, like... We haven't seen that guy since. And by the way, his face looks completely different than the guy they said was a security guard. <laughs> Again, I don't know what happened there, but you know they have camera footage of all this, of everything. That entire hallway is covered head to toe from beginning to end on what actually happened there. And like I've said, when you look at that Connor Betts shooting, it took uh, the Dayton, Ohio Police Department less than 24 hours to put that guy out on multiple cameras. They stopped him in, what, 30 seconds? That reeked of a real event. Yet, we're so many years later, there's still no Bellagio footage. There's still no Tropicana footage. We don't have footage from inside the hallway as the event occurred. Why not if that's what happened? So, at 10.05, he shoots out the window, which is when the shooting starts, right? SWAT! Doesn't show up to 1120. That's an hour and 50 minutes later, okay? There's a mass shooting going on. SWAT doesn't get there for an hour and 20 minutes later. Now, here's where it starts getting interesting. And this will get into something I want to talk about with Epstein again. 
the whole theory that this could have been an attempt on a Saudi's life. Now, have you guys ever heard that? Now, you, I can see that you don't believe in that, <laughs> that, that that guy walking like Sanford and Son with the SWAT. Why is the SWAT walking through the Tropicana with that guy kind of easing through it, Jason? So, uh, again, the Tropicana footage, I, I'm glad you said that because that's separate what I have behind me, okay? So if I went to, I believe it's right here, let, let's just listen to some of the audio of, uh, the police reports of separate places. And then we'll show the video you're talking about, right? Okay. I can't quite hear it. Oh, here Okay, right there. See that video? Are you set? Okay, because it's hard to hear if anything's being said. So we'll just take a look at that. What 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 was being said in that video, Jason? So um, those videos are clearly saying multiple shooters at the Tropicana. That medics are being shot at, at the Tropicana. This gentleman gives a detailed account of volleying, in other words, shots being fired in the Tropicana. Now, let's talk about that Saudi or ISIS connection. Let me tell you where that comes from. That comes from a trolling of Alex Jones. <laughs> if you type in Alex Jones, Las Vegas, ISIS, or Saudi, I'm not going to tell you who this person is, um, but they were like a low-level person that worked on the Trump campaign and really were responsible for a lot of lies. And I talked to them personally. I actually interviewed uh, them because they're one of the pr- people that started the Q hoax through DEFCON and that an original post, I believe it was before it went to – uh, 4chan from 8chan. Those original posts were this group of people. And among them is the person that went on Jones. And if you listen to that interview, and I encourage people to do it, and started saying it was an attack on the Saudis and it was ISIS involved, he just plays to everything Jones says. He has no original information. He takes pride as being a shit poster. Let me repeat that. <laughs> he he loves LARPing. It's admitted. He's a shit poster, and he's basically one of those guys that would have thrown anything at the wall in support of the Trump administration. Okay, the, so well, that, let me ask you this, I, Jason. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. Can I can I yeah, please? You, all you, dear master. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually, I have no dog in the fight, and I don't know if Saudi is significant or not but i thought it came from the fact that they owned the four seasons which is a, le- a level in the mandalay bay which is above where paddock was so they were in proximity that's mm-hmm. where i thought it came from is that not factual information yeah, no, no, that that's absolutely but that was all the only factual part of okay it. everything else that started saying oh this was a hit gone wrong or there were shots fired at any of these individuals or they were supposed to be in a different place and then they were there Again, listen to the interview yourself. I always tell people, hey, you're more than welcome to listen to everybody out there, and I encourage that. Please listen to all voices. But you have to have discernment. And when you have an admitted liar literally playing like the Svengali game of letting somebody talk and then just going, yeah, exactly, just like that, just like that, you got to ask yourself whether there's any validity there. And then you look into the person's background, and I just never found any information that coincided other than the fact of what you just said. I get what you're saying, and I'm not saying that you are wrong in any way, Jason. The only reason I say there there seems to be something connected because this guy they say walking through, and there are a bunch of shots everywhere. They're walking this guy through. That dude is walking 
super lax around the South. Now, just hear me out before, and I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I'm just saying there's so many coincidences that it's like, okay, walking super lax. They later say this is another security guard guy. It's possible. The only thing I know is that after that, the giant Saudi purge happens, who, which in, involves the guy that they said was in Vegas that's going to get assassinated. Now, that they were trying to assassinate. And this is where Epstein comes through because yeah, everybody is there. Why are they in that hotel? Because they're in that hotel because the Saudi royals were going to get our did gave Sophia citizenship. It is the first time an AI robot got so got citizenship to a country in which everybody shows up to this hotel. They lock it down and then there's this Saudi purge. That's why, because you have you have the floors in which he's staying in is Saudi. You have this guy that looks like him, Saudi. Now you're telling me that's not real, and I I have no reason not to believe it. Your research is uh, is always fucking you know head on. So, but it, it just connects to this Saudi perch involving this right. guy who later dies in a shootout. I mean, Epstein had a Saudi passport. And Saudi Arabia has been involved in a lot of shit. So I really have no idea, but I just, you know, check 9-11. A lot of these things uh, involve a network that I think is international and has embedded Israel uh, or infiltrated Israel, infiltrated Saudi Arabia and America. Obviously, I think this is a network that's international and plays countries against them. But Saudi Arabia is in the mix a lot. So I really do not know if it's significant, but it's something I just... Keep in my head and don't rule out that they happen to own some shit right there and they're nowhere near Saudi Arabia. So what the fuck? You know, and, uh, when these black ops are going on, they're around it often. Maybe not this time, but I just don't discount it. I don't uh, think the whole thing hinges on it. You know, I just think about it. You know, I, as, as far as the violence in Saudi Arabia and the coup, I mean, we have just this week the right hand man of Bin Salman being killed in a gunfight in a shady situation after being implicated in the Jamal Khashoggi murder. So once again, when I talk about this kind of Anglo-American Israeli Saudi network, right, that's kind of on board in Eurasia, in the Middle East, that doesn't mean they don't stab each other in the back and that cutthroat to one one another in other realms. So you know, uh, there's a good question. How did that guy end up dead? You know, was he fired because he was threatening them? Was he fired because he was actually a U.S. intelligence asset? Maybe he turned on his friend. These things happen. Leverage is real. I wouldn't discount everything there, but it's certainly not the angle that I play up. Uh, And that's, listen, I'm not here to just talk to everybody I agree with. I'm here to hear all sides. And at the end of the day, you know, we all just want to find out the best we can. Who do you think are the players involved? We've kind of touched on it, but if you had to go, these are the players involved. Does anything go back to that anonymous post and like Sheldon Anderson or whatever, Elderson, and his role in buying, because we know after 9-11, the guy who's head of national security owns a company or Homeland Security owns a company that does all the body scanning at the airports and he just happens to pass along. Michael Shertoff. Yes, yes. Shertoff. Um, first of all, he's the uh, deputy attorney general during 9-11, and he was actually the person that Larry Klayman contacted on behalf of whistleblowers in the FBI, Robert Wright and Barry Carmody, on how the money moved on 9-11, the Saudi Arabian money, by the way. It was called Operation Vulgar Betrayal. 
And when they contacted him about this money movement, this is Shertoff. Shertoff said, we're not interested in any more conspiracy theories. Shortly after that, we actually create Homeland Security because it didn't exist before 9-11. And he heads up the um, the initial round of that. He's the chief of Homeland Security. On top of that, just like you said, when he gets into the private sector, he's heavily invested in this company that, lo and behold, is putting body scanners in all these locations through the TSA and has further put them in places like, hey, casinos. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And one more thing we forgot to talk about when involving this is the CEO of of MGM, MGM? sells a giant chunk of his stock, what, one month, a couple weeks before this event happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I believe he also has the giant financial stake in scanner companies. You know, he has a that's the thing. You've got to ask who benefits. That's Ali's thing always is who benefits. And I think there are layers to this. I think there is a layer that involves a network like an Epstein, like a paddock smuggling kind of operation. I think there's a level of people who own the buildings in which. They say, yeah, you know, uh, uh, if we can simulate some kind of maybe they thought it was a simulation. But if we have an event and it increases the stock of security companies and we need to buy more scanners and I'm invested in scanner companies. Sure, I'll do that. And then I think there's an occult layer, which is almost unknowable. But too many of those details, I think, are, are interesting. and I don't think they're happening at the same level of the MGM Grand CEO and his investment portfolio. I think that's a higher level. I can't explain. <laughs> For sure. And uh, your thoughts on that, Jason? Uh, again, it's always suspicious when somebody makes a huge money move that's very beneficial in the wake of a large event like that one. So that's certainly something uh, that needs to be looked at and investigated. But if I'm going to take away anything large from this, it's that the FBI in the upper echelons ain't nothing but a fucking cover-up <laughs> bullshit agency that did not want to do its fucking job in the first place. Let's ever, be ever. I mean, like, the, the, the finders, 9-11, the Parkland shooting. I mean, we just go on over and over again where it's like, I keep hearing, like, intelligence agencies keep us safe. I'm like, they tend to bust drug people but we also know the cia runs the drug business so it's kind of like they're just snitching out their own but we always see i mean going all the way back to the finders man where it's just like the the fbi kills this investigation 9-11 the fbi i mean Mueller kills the investigation we see it all the time that's why i'm not about the FBI saying they're going to expand the probe into Prince Andrew. Wow, I'm so excited that the FBI yeah. <laughs> is finally going to expand their probe into somebody that was named all the way back in 2007 in that Palm Beach case. Well, good for them 12 fucking years later. I mean, right. it's a joke, and it, it, it's what drives me to do this sort of thing. Obviously, I may not agree with everything that was said here today. I obviously think uh, people died. In fact, uh, I know everybody knows who Dan Bilzerian is from Instagram. Yeah, that he guy gave, asking for a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not only that, Bilzerian talks about that story and someone getting shot next to him. You can watch the footage of him actually asking that officer for the gun. Yeah. I mean, I went through enough footage where he was up against the wall, literally asking the, the police officer for a gun. The guy's like, get the fuck away from you. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Get away. I just saw. Oh, on- yeah. If I was pressed, I would say I definitely come down on the side of people were hurt because I, like I said, I don't think they give a fuck yeah, I enough don't think to simulate either. something we're like this. But it is something that's been brought up on my show. And it is something that I think applies to events in the past. So it's something that I filter through the consideration mechanism. But I definitely am with you. Uh, I got sent this on Twitter. I forgot to talk about, but this guy, uh, Beaker420, okay, he sent that, um, uh, basically, where is it right here? The Paddock's girlfriend listed the FBI as her employment on a loan in Australia. <laughs> I'm not aware of that one, but I wouldn't put it past her. Listen, she was very smart. Within hours of that attack, she took down her entire social media. And uh, I think either just before he left, he wired her quite a, a bit of money. It was somewhere in the ten dollars to $100,000 range. It's unbelievable. Now I want to get into some of the new footage that's come out and your guys' thoughts as we come in towards the end here. Um all these videos have now been coming out. People have been breaking down the footage. We'll start with some of the older stuff and get your guys' thoughts on that. On top of the trailer that is near the shooting, there's supposedly three shadow people you can see moving on the top. Have you guys heard any of that? No. That's not one I've seen, but you know, one of the initial ones I did see within the week, right? There is a video out there where you can see the fence where the concert is, and it's in it's covered in that green mesh that you see at concerts that kind of blocks the view. Yeah. And you see police officers and they're approaching the Mandalay Bay. And as they're approaching the Mandalay Bay from the opposite side, you see what appears to be a bullet pierce that through the fence and send it in the directions uh, direction of the Mandalay Bay. Um, if I've got to find that to send that to you guys, I definitely will. Um, it's inconclusive for sure, but it, it definitely looks like a shot was fired through that that had nothing to do with the Mandalay Bay, and it would further support uh, the idea of multiple shooters in this an event that didn't just take place in that hotel. Since you brought that up, we, we missed it last time. The helicopters, multiple yeah, shooters. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Now it's the helicopters that are coming out. And I'm trying to find the gentleman who's put out the video because I, I want to give him credit for it. I would imagine it's Shepard Ambellis because he was the first person to put it out there. And Shepard actually went on the Alex Jones show. Shepard is the co-producer and director of uh, Shade the Motion Picture with myself. So I know him quite a bit. And uh, he ran um, the Intel Hub, which is now IntelliHub.com, and published a lot of my stuff on Sandy Hook um, in, in the initial run-up to that investigation. So Shepard basically got these uh, the helicopters, I believe it was their, um, their aerial data, yeah. the, the radar data from where they were during the times of the attack. It's an interesting theory. I don't know whether or not it's real. I don't agree with everything Shepard puts out, but I do know that he does good research, and the research on that was solid enough to get him next to Alex Jones to present it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't just somebody – I'll say this. He came in with real stuff. He didn't just say things. You know what I mean? He had the actual flight data on those helicopters. It was an interesting theory. He did show well, that – go on. Sorry, Greg, did you have some stuff? Oh, no, I mean – Alex Jones obviously has huge numbers. He is the apex of our conspiracy culture in a lot of ways. But uh, that doesn't speak to credibility to me that he could get it on there because, you know, I don't believe everything that gets on there. But it definitely is a popular idea. And I'm not against it. I have seen the footage. It looks interesting. 
I think it's a little bold. Like it's a little too far from the reality to, to do because there are so many cameras out there and everything. Like if they're going to stage something to me, it makes much more sense that it was just a few floors down. Same thing you think happened, happened, but it was just a few floors down. You know, they still shot Kennedy in the head. It was just from over here, not over here. Um, and I think guns from helicopters seems a little bold. It's not impossible, but what I will say is having just come back from Vegas, there's helicopter tours all over the goddamn place. And if you Google shoot guns from helicopters, there are a dozen companies that will take you from Vegas to the desert right outside to shoot guns. So when you have footage from the top of a hotel that shows a helicopter in the distance with muzzle fire, I'm not surprised. That happens in Vegas all the damn time. I can't I'm not the guy who's going to triangulate that and find out if it's near Vegas on the strip or if it's out in the desert, but it's not unusual to see gunfire from helicopters in the Vegas area. I agree so with I that. So I can't trust that. So now. there's this guy, did you is this who you mentioned, Johnny Hoover? Is that who you were talking about, Jason? So there's this guy that's a long time ago. Got to be like 20 uh, like maybe within Three months of the attacks. Okay, this guy, John E. Hoover, if you want to check him out, he's got YouTube. He's breaking down a lot of the Vegas shooting stuff. Now, if you take the flight information, the, the uh, data that shows helicopters came up and then they turned off their look, locators. Yeah, their transponders. Their transponders get turned off. Well, this guy, John E. Hoover... Breaks down a lot of this information. In particular, one thing he breaks down is the official Las Vegas Review Journal footage that was put out. Now, who owns the Las Vegas Review Journal? Who, Sam? Sheldon Alderson. Is that his last name? Alderson. Alderson. He owns the whole thing. He owns the newspaper. Now, when you play this video... That, that was put out by the Review Journal, they cut out 13 seconds. And the mm. 13 seconds they cut out of that video is you see a helicopter moving. Now, as he breaks down these videos, uh, and, and you can watch them, I suggest you go watch this. It's kind of fucking crazy. But yeah. it's like, he shows, the, he shows the footage being shot. You hear this gunshot, and you see the building... And there's no fire coming from it. There's Mm. no gunshots coming from the building when you hear the gunshots happening. And his whole theory is because you can see like weird shots. I'm just saying, I'll put the link into this. You've got to watch his shit, man. He breaks it down a lot about how the Review Journal put out a fucking doctored video owned by the guy who owns the casino where everything went down, you know, and that he breaks down. You could see these. You'd see helicopters flying when there was no fly zone at that moment. Hmm. So it's interesting to see. It's interesting. Well, it's, he's got a lot yeah. of Vegas shooting on his uh, on his YouTube. Yeah, that's dude, all he's yeah. Vegas Holy shooting. Shit. Yeah, that sounds a little more convincing. Like that's new context that I hadn't heard, and it's like, huh, maybe. It's possible. I I thought I had seen some footage though, where either a window is knocked out below the floor he was supposed to be on, or there was like some flashes from that area. It's been too long. I smoked too much weed. I'm not sure 
But flashes, something in my memory. The flashes videos that were in were separate uh, floors. If you watch, it seems like somebody had a strobe light on because they're in video prior to the shooting. I think uh, oh. maybe like 15, 20 minutes. I remember that was pretty debunked in the beginning. And, and you oh. know, one, one of the things I definitely looked at. Have right you seen on, the right video on. where it's yeah. from the crowd and this cop kind of comes out from the bottom of the screen and you see him lift up what, what everyone's saying is his... They, he lifts up what everyone's saying is his flashlight, but it flickers at the basically the the same sound as the shots being fired. Mm-hmm. Like, well, hey, my months. policy is to listen to the people on the scene who do say stuff. Witnesses do say stuff, and we often let a narrative distract us from what they originally said, like multiple shooters, as Jason's been pointing out. But I got to say, I have heard people say that it sounded like we were being shot from a helicopter. I mean, that is out there. Someone said it. I don't know why they felt that way. I don't know if they were right. But now, two years later, this is a hypothesis. The helicopter shooting hypothesis, it's out there. Yeah, there's a testimony here. It says Clarissa. She says that we're getting shot from the helicopters. Yeah. I mean, which lets you know that this is more high-end deep state stuff. Jason, I see anytime you go to your screen, I know we're about to see something good. What do you got for us? <laughs> well, well, right there is uh, he came on November 1st, 2017. So that helicopter theory in depth has been out there since a month after the attack. So I just want to put that out there. I know, uh, you know, now that you mentioned that, I have seen that uh, gentleman putting out some uh, new videos. I, I did watch the one where he said that some of the uh, stuff had been cut out of the Las Vegas Journal. I'm definitely going to check out uh, more of his stuff and see what he has to say. Because like you said, um, this is an event that, in my opinion, um, still has has not really been revealed to be what it was. I don't think Stephen Paddock was a lone nut without a motive that loaded up a hotel with a bunch of guns in the in the aspect of, to kill a bunch of people. It doesn't make sense. You don't need that many guns to do the job that he did. You don't need to have explosives yeah, in agree. your car to do the job he did. I so agree. there's so many questions surrounding this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, guys, as we wrap it up here at one, I want to say that this went so well, and you guys were both great. And it was, you know, this is uh, this is what I would love with this show. I love to bring all the tribes together and uh, have some talks and have, you know, guy who likes to break down some statistics. We got some occult over here. I I, I love it. I think it's important to bring it from all sides. I I think that this this event was like nine eleven and JFK. Not on the magnitude. Maybe it was on the magnitude. You know, I mean, obviously, 9-11, we lost more people. But I think it's possible that all these things happen. When, you know, you talk to Oli Demigard, it's like they were like, you know, JFK was like John Wick going in there. And there was 90 assassins around him. And they had to take him out. When you look at 9-11, I know you did a movie on it, Jason. And you don't go as far as me saying possibly direct energy weapons but like we can all agree there were, i think there's were bombs in there explosives in there they flew something in there explosives possibly hitting it with direct energy weapons because now we see another helicopter flying when nobody's supposed to be flying i think in these high impact events they have to do everything they can to make sure it goes off because if it doesn't it blows up in their face this to me event blew up in their face like, they couldn't mm-hmm. control it. And, like, this is when we see the beginning of the truth conspiracy community starting to grab the narrative before 
the mainstream media can totally control it. And I think this is, I mean, a lot of people think the Epstein thing was the red pill. I think Vegas was a big red pill, too. Maybe not to the level of Epstein, but the first time people were like going, it doesn't make any sense. So as we wrap it up, Jason, your final thoughts. No, I think you're absolutely right. When you had people um, as mainline as, say, Tucker Carlson, before he was speaking out as much as he has against the narrative, asking questions on almost a nightly basis about Las Vegas, I do think it, it pierced that. And I don't think that most people trust the narrative. So I would just say, let's continue asking these questions. Let's not ignore this. Let's look at the arms dealing, the drug connections, the child trafficking connections, because they're the ones that are going to pan out, in my opinion, in the future. All right. Can you tell them, Jason, real quick, again, where they can find all your information, your podcast, your YouTube, your website, whatever you want them to check out? Sure. I'm a documentary filmmaker, guys. I've made Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, and New World Order to find and Shade the Motion Picture. They are all available for free on my uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash InfoWarrior. And I'm doing it three to seven times a day on numerous subjects from Epstein to Nexium to Bilderberg to the Deep State to the Technopoly. And I'm trying to do it, do it from a non-left-right perspective because to me it's all about right and wrong. I love it. I love it. Greg, thank you for coming on. Your final thoughts? Yeah, I thought this was really useful. I had a great time. I mean, I learned some things. I feel like we definitely stayed on it and everybody brought something to the table. And when it comes to these events, as I've gone down many rabbit holes, I try not to get so hung up on the details anymore, especially because now they do divide communities. Even people who are all on the same page to the point that they think that something isn't right with this event. Like that's all I need somebody to, to think is somebody needs to be open to that possibility. And you know, I definitely think there are many layers to it. It's very strange, but I try just to paint with broad strokes. We know that it isn't right. We know multiple shooters comes up in many of these events. I think it fits the Epstein narrative, and I think there are possibly occult angles as well. Not possibly. I mean, I think there's a lot of weird occult aspects, numerologically and otherwise, but I don't know what that means. But this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you having me. Greg, tell them where they can find all your stuff and where you want them to go. Oh, I am nothing but the humble stoner host of the Higher Side Chats. It's a podcast I've been doing for like eight years. I try to interview people who can make the best cases for their particular research on subjects that I find interesting. I guess I call myself a conspiracy talent scout. I just listen to those researchers out there. I'm like, this guy's saying something interesting. And I try to help him make his oftentimes complex case because these things are quite complicated a lot of the time. So... That's what I do. You do a wonderful job. You both do. Greg, I know you don't like man-on-man action, <laughs> but I got to be honest with you. I love both you guys a lot. Jason Burmese, Greg Carwood, you both came on, crushed it. You are always welcome on the show if you got anything you want to push. Or we can powwow like this again. I like to bring the tribes together. I think it brings unity. And I think when we put, you know, you always hear them say, oh, liberals are tearing themselves apart. I think the com- conspiracy community does it a lot too. And it's like, you brought up a really good point, Greg. It's like, hey, we don't have to see it exactly alike. We can all throw out our own information that we've learned and let the listeners have their own opinion. And guess what? At the end of the day, all of us agree that something crazy went down. So, 
That's my whole opinion. I appreciate you guys coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because it was awesome. It went better than I thought it could ever go. Uh, we got four gentlemen in here. XG, you're a wonderful Tomorrow. person. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. October 4th. October 4th, New York Show City. Up. No, this is going on. out today. Oh, today. Yeah, so it's going out today. We got, we'll got. we see you in New York City at the Gramercy. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you. Thank you, Aaron, for letting us come in and do it again. For the first time ever, you were on the right track. <laughs> you guys are great. Take care. Cheers.